0: The farmer and the minister. So there was a dirt farmer who saved up enough money to buy a few inexpensive acres of land. It was a little rundown. It had a weather-beaten farmhouse. Uh, The acreage was lovely, but you know what? It was kind of a sad picture of neglect. The land hadn't even been kept up, so there were old tree stumps and rusted pieces of machinery. And you know what? That farmer rolled up his sleeves and made an amazing spread. The house looked beautiful, painted white, the fields were tilled and after several years of amending the soil, it was very productive. That man loved his home and you could tell it. You could just see it in the, in the grounds and the crops in the home and his pride and his love in it. Well, one day, a minister who had heard about this uh, beautiful piece of acreage from others at the church stopped by to meet the farmer. He said to the farmer, well... It sure looks like you and God have created a beautiful place here. Wiping the sweat from his face, the farmer replied, yeah, I suppose so. But you know what? It wasn't much when God had it all by itself. (laughs) We are, I believe, divinely inspired to make something of our lives. We have the capability, no, not just the capability. We have the duty, I think, to know what is unique and important and vital and powerful about us as, as amazing individuals. And when we take the soup du jour, we're saying we're not worth much. We're saying that, that the light I have to give is not worth that much. Well, I'm here to tell you we're going to change that. We're going to move, I think, from the idea of just talking about this a little bit into doing something about it, but first I'm going to quiz my friend Gary up here. (laughs) I warned him slightly that I might bother him, and and here's my chance. So I have a question for you. Um, How long have you been playing the piano? Since I was four. Since you were four. Okay. And how long would you say it took you to learn how to play the piano? Okay, you're still learning. Fair enough. And is practice involved? Practice involved. Lots and lots of practice. Now, you heard him play, right? He doesn't even think he's finished yet. I want to suggest that us, in our ability to focus and intentionally live our lives, it's going to take some practice. And I might even suggest, as I think Gary has, uh, has noticed, we might not even finish with the practice. It might be our lifelong effort to learn how to really organize our mind, to have a, a firmness and a, and a crystal clarity around our intentions so that the lives that we so deserve, so that the, the, that the lives that, uh well, let me stop a minute. Because you see, I don't know you, but I do know you. When I look out in this audience, I see such radiance. When I look out in this audience, I see the possibility for such love, such intimacy, such joy, such, such peace. Really, I, I mean, it's like you're glow, and I'm not even one to see auras and that kind of thing. But when I look out, all I see is glorious potential. Now, might it take a while before we can always have our best day every day? Yeah, it might take a while. And so let's start with some practice, shall we? Now, I set us up a little bit with our, uh, with our meditation. I had you visualize from your past a day where you really felt powerful, and I hope that was true. I hope that there was in you that, that nature and that creativity to look back in your own life and, and envision a time when you were very powerful, very successful, when you felt full of ability and appreciated, one of those can-do kind of days. And I wanna suggest to you that that was practicing. Ernest Holmes called that a mental equivalent. What you were discovering for yourself is a way of using your mind in a very predictable way, in a very creative way, in a very intentional way to bring about a feeling of, of your bestness. In this case, it was the, the bestness in terms of, of power, the bestness in terms of your ability to be successful. And that is nothing more than or less than a powerful mental equivalent. And I would suggest to you that next time you have to do something you haven't done before, next time you're in a position where you're feeling a little bit nervous about doing something new or or something like that, if you were to sit down right prior to that phone call or to that visit or whatever it is, and once again used your mind like a time machine to go back in time and visualize yourself as being powerful and successful, joyous and and filled with that can-do attitude, I would suggest that that encounter would go really well because you will be using your word, not just words, you'll be using your power of the word to create something beautiful for yourself. I'd like to do it again. Are you willing to do another little exercise like that to work on mental equivalence? Okay, close your eyes if you would. And imagine what it is like to have a perfect friendship. I think all of us enjoy having friends can either you remember a time when, or imagine a time when you will have a very best friend. Someone that supports you. Someone that always is gonna be there for you. And no matter what you brought to them, what, what ideas or statements, they would receive it with non-judgment and love. This is a friendship to endure. A friendship to last a lifetime how does it feel when you recall or, or bring to mind this special friend how does it feel what flavor of love is in your mind doesn't your heart just open up thinking about it in this mental equivalent of friendship. Also, sense your participation in it. Friendship isn't a one-way thing. Friendship is two people coming together, creating a mystical third. Just savor this moment of true, lasting, perfect friendship. Knowing that you can always bring it back into your mind Knowing that you always have these feelings These ideas, these pictures That you can bring back Into your reality So how was that? You can open your eyes again Isn't it fun using our mind as a kind of a creative medium to to think of things in their best and their most glorious? This is one of the tools that we can use so powerfully, this thing called a mental equivalent. Now we've done it twice tonight. Once we did it to sense that power within ourselves, a a time when we had that can-do ability, that uh, uh, truly that that powerful sense of us as being successful, uh, of us as being uh, capable, if you will. And we just used it likewise uh, to bring up a feeling and a sense, a mental equivalent, of what true friendship is like. Do you see, you could use this for anything. You could use this for a romance or a relationship. You could use this technique for um, envisioning a, a glorious new living situation or a fabulous job or career. You could use this technique for envisioning peace in your family or peace on the planet for that matter. It knows no limits and no bounds. And this is using your word No, I don't think anyone will deny that, uh, that God did a pretty wonderful job of creating the universe in its entirety. When we look up at the night st- sky, everything's perfect, isn't it? When we imagine the, the, the planet in its natural state, I think we pretty much agree it was a, a pretty marvelous creation. I'm here to suggest that we can have our lives in that same level of lovingness, that same level of of perfection and order that truly our hearts desire in terms of how our lives should unfold and and how we interact with the world and how we as as a group of people come together to create truly the idea of heaven on earth, this is within our power if we intentionally use it. No more soup du jour, right? No more going with the flow. You know, there's a danger, I think, even in this new thought moment where we're taught so easily and too, so wonderfully to, to go with the flow, to not rock the boat, to just say, oh, uh, what, what's the fancy, acceptance. The fancy word, I think, is acceptance. Well, uh, I'm here to tell you, acceptance is a wonderful thing if what's coming for you to accept Uh, Is something that's good and powerful and wonderful and authentically you and if not you deserve more If not you deserve to explore your own power your own unique gifts Your own Majesty each of us is an individualized center of God itself I'm gonna say that one more time each of us is an individualized center of God itself we're not the, you know, back to my metaphor of the restaurant, right? Um, we're not the, the people that just have to take what's given before us. We are powerful, powerful creatures. I'm going to close with a bit of homework tonight, if you're willing. And, uh, and just a promise that I'll be coming back once a month, and we're going to be exploring this idea of using our spiritual power Uh, once a month uh, through the end of the year. And so uh, I hope to see you all again in in further lectures. I'm going to focus in on certain areas of our lives where we might want to see some improvement and be giving actual tips, techniques, more spiritual practice around making our lives the way they should be. So, homework. Simple one, I think, because we've done it twice in here. I would like you to simply take an area of your life where you could use some improvement, and you get to define what that improvement would be like, but pick an area in your life where you could see some enhancements going on, where you could see some remediation going on, some pieces in your life that could use improvement. Build a mental equivalent about what you would rather have instead. Simple homework. The not-so-simple part of it is When results vary, right, when you're not seeing what you want, sit for a moment and bring that mental equivalent back into your awareness. This is the practice. This is the thing that we we may have to spend a lifetime getting really good at, and it is worth it. So when that annoyance comes up again, when that troublesome piece of your life comes back up again, Go back to that place of the mental equivalent that you've already created and think to yourself, that's right, that's right. What I'm observing on the outside is not the truth of me. The truth of me is my mental equivalent. The the truth of my life is what I know it to be true for. It's not what someone else is presenting to me. It's not, uh, not the annoyance. The truth of me is my picture for my life and it's beautiful i'm going to close tonight with a a quote from ernest holmes and uh and a prayer this is uh ernest holmes from living the science of mind and he's talking about mental equivalence he says having a mental equivalent says that we can possess any objective thing Provided we first have a mental image of it and provided that this mental image is a real Embodiment within our thought it is both the word we speak And it is something that we feel in the heart Let us pray There is one power and one presence in this universe it is this thing that I call life You can call it God you can call it the Christ consciousness Buddha, Allah. It goes by many names, but it is that one power of spirit. I call upon our awareness of this beautiful power of spirit tonight. I know it means me. I know it means each person in this room, each person that attends this center, each person that that lives across the nation and the world all of us, individualized centers of God. For us here on this night, I know each of us has that willingness to accept in our hearts a greater understanding of our own power, that greater ability to use our word, our logos, our intentional thought to shine our light even brighter, to accept more love and more life to have peace and wholeness, for the balance and goodness of life to be with us always. And you know, I'm just grateful for this. Grateful to be here in the presence of God in the form of these magnificent people. Grateful to use my word to be a light of life. I just let it be, and together we say, and so it is.